Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonnell here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And this week's episode about property news from around the UK and within the progressive property community. So let's start with some news from around the UK. And let's focus on Wales initially, where there's a big scheme just set up again to help people bring empty homes back into use. So the grand scheme, helping buyers to get empty properties back into use, has been relaunched in Wales. Now this was launched previously in Wales, but it came to an end. They've now recently relaunched it. And what the scheme will allow people to do is homeowners or prospective homeowners to bring properties back into use with grants over £20,000 for renovations and up to £5,000 towards energy measures. During two phases of the scheme previously, over £460,000 of funding has been committed to works works benefiting properties that are run down, um, sitting empty and need to be brought back into habitable standard. Now, here's the thing about it, though. It won't really work for landlords So if you've seen some people in the community asking, will this scheme work for landlords? This scheme is for people who are homeowners or prospective homeowners, and they need to plan to stay in the property for a minimum of five years from the date that they're granted their certificate for doing the works. Now, there'll be some small print in there. So if they sell the property earlier than five years, they'll probably have to pay a lot of that money that they've got the grant money back to the government. So don't get caught up on this thing of, It is for anybody. It is for homeowners or people who are prospective homeowners. So you already own a home or you're looking to um, to buy a property and turn it into your home. So you could be, you know, if you already own a home, you wouldn't be able to do this with a second home. You'd have to sell your current home and buy it as another home or you already own the home, but it's a rundown property and it could qualify for parts of the grant. So the home you own might qualify for the energy improvements section of the grant, the £5,000. So it's worth looking into it if you live in Wales, if you're a homeowner already, or if you live in Wales and you are looking to buy a property and to live in the area, then it's certainly worth looking into as well. In other news, a landlord in Portsmouth has taken a property and installed triple glazed windows to improve the energy rating. So trying to get his EPC up from an E to a C, he installed triple glazed windows in a property that was in a conservation area. Now Portsmouth Council ordered the return of the original windows due to the house being in the conservation area and claiming that erosion of the area's heritage was unacceptable. Now the windows that he replaced were single glazed sliding sash windows and he replaced them with the UPVC triple glazed ones while renovating his Victorian house. Now this property is in South Sea in Portsmouth. Now here's the thing, right? You've got to be very careful if you're in the community, if you're watching these podcasts, if you're thinking about doing any refurbishments, any conversion works on a property, you need to be very careful. The council departments, many people get caught out with this. There's four key areas within the council. Number one is the conservation department. So the conservation department, they deal with any properties that sit within a conservation area. How do you know if your property is in a conservation area? Then always ask the council. So just ring up the council, say, could I speak to the conservation officer, please? And then when you get on the phone to them, 
ask them to send you a map of the conservation area. Now, this is an area where you will only be allowed to do certain types of changes to property, typically like for like changes. It's about trying to maintain the heritage of that area. So conservation department is one of the key departments to speak to. The second key department is the planning department. Now, the planning department is for any planning applications, for obvious reasons, checking things about planning, but they don't necessarily speak to the conservation department, so they don't communicate with each other. The third department is building control. Building control, they will determine what changes you're allowed to make, if you, you know, you're allowed to remove walls, what sort of um, energy efficiency you need, if you've got a HMO or, or a serviced accommodation, they'll be looking at maybe decibel levels, so for noise, um, acoustics, they're various different things that they'll look at. So the building control, structure, structure, noise levels is typically their bag. Now, there's also, so you got your conservation area, that is conservation department, you've got your planning department, you've got your building control department. There's also the HMO department. So if you're looking at a house in multiple occupation, then you could look for a HMO officer in the council to speak to. Now, the HMO officer, they don't speak to planning, building control or conservation. They're all sitting in the same office. They don't communicate with each other. It is up to us to understand that we need to speak to those four people. So you could take a property, convert it into a, a HMO. The HMO officer says they're happy with it. But if you've not applied for planning permission when you should have, typically either in an Article 4 area or if you've got more than seven people. So seven or more people are, are in Article 4, you would need planning permission. Outside of Article 4, then six people is no need for planning. However, the HMO officer could look at that property if it's bigger than seven people, if it's in Article 4, they could look at the property and they could say, yes, it's licensable in its current condition. But they don't speak to planning. And planning department is the one you needed to speak to because they needed to give you planning permission. And also you needed to speak to building control because the building control people will sign off the works. They'll sign off the changes, the conversion. And if you're in a conservation area, you should have spoke to the conservation officer as well. And interestingly, no matter what building control say in a conservation area, the conservation officer can overrule them. They can literally overrule them. So be careful out there. So an investor in Portsmouth changing his sash windows from single glazed to triple glazed to improve the energy rating, the council have come back and said, the conservation department, they want the windows replaced. Over £10,000 worth of windows. Now, it looks the same. They want them changed. Very interesting, very middle ground, because by 2030, we cover as a government, we've got a target to hit... Um, a C rating on all the energy performance certificates for all properties across the country. Yet, if we're in a conservation area and we try and get it up to a C level, then you're going to have to change the look of the building. So it'll be interesting what happens around the relaxation of laws in terms of conservation areas over the coming years to try and meet the energy efficiency targets. But in the meantime, until things change, make sure that when you're doing any conversions, when you're doing any works, you're not just speaking to one department in the council. Make sure you check. Check with the HMO officer if you're doing a HMO. But if it's not a HMO, no matter what type of conversion you're doing, check with the planning department, the building control department, and the conservation officer to make sure that you're adhering to what they require.
In other news, as Wimbledon's just finished, I thought I'd share with you an article in um, the Introducer today around how tennis-related road names can increase house prices values by up to 226%. 226% increase. Do you live in a street? Do you live in a house or a street that has got a tennis-related name? What do I mean by tennis-related names? Well, in tennis, the word ace means a ball that has been served so well it results in the opponent being unable to touch it with their racket. We all knew that. Maybe we all didn't know that, but many of us did. However, research shows homes on roads that contain the word ace command the largest premium. So the largest premium in property prices, 860 grand premium for having the word ace in the name. This is 226% higher than the national house price. That's crazy. The word spin in tennis refers to the forward rotation of the tennis ball. A 42% premium is facilitated with road names that contain the term spin. What about love? So the word love, meaning zero in tennis, has increased the house price by 37%. Court, so a road name court, the location that the tennis is played on. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about tennis here. Uh, this boosted house prices 25% above the national average. So Ben Taylor from Keller Williams adds, while you'd be hard pushed to draw a direct line between road names and the price people are willing to pay for a home, there is a thought process behind it. Words like ace, love and court have all been chosen because they bring with them ideals of strength, security and success. Interesting. However, you never know what a tennis mad home buyer might be willing to pay in order to incorporate their sporting passion into their bricks and mortar purchase. Well, are you a tennis lover? Would you pay more for a property just because it has got a tennis type name at the end of it? Clearly, some people seem to be. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe those names are just picked in the really, really posh areas. If that's the case, why is that? No idea. But tennis... Wimbledon's just finished. Novak Djokovic has won his 20th Grand Slam title. Absolutely nothing to do with property until today and the Progressive Property Podcast because tennis names increase house prices. On that note, I'm going to move over to news from the Progressive Property community. So if you're not a member of the Progressive Property community, then make sure you go onto Facebook, you type in Progressive Property Community and join the community. There's over 36,000 active property investors in there there now all sharing and helping each other on their property journey and Nasser Ahmed has done a post recently around why are building material prices rising so much is it Brexit is it Covid what's happening in the marketplace lots and lots of people are posting in there saying it's money printing massive demand for timber from the US and businesses making the most of the convenient Covid and Brexit smoke screens says Robert Simpson James Palmer saying the government monopolizing the market procuring in big quantities at over the asking price. Doc Martin is saying, Doc Martin? We've got Doc Martin in the group, saying supply constraints. China also. It'll level out at some stage, but I'd not write off another blockage somewhere. Johnny Hino Hall, currency is devaluing rather than prices increasing. Richard Howell Peak, global commodity prices are very high right now. The particular problem is not related to Brexit, no. Brandon Wilkinson, it's inflation. So the consumer price index isn't a very good measure of real inflation. Inflation is going to go off the charts if the government keep this pace up. So yeah, why are price rises increasing? 
Well, the prices of everything's increasing, not just building materials. The price of petrol, the price of food. If you go out today, you try and do anything, it's going to cost you more than it did 18 months ago, two years ago. Why? Printing of money. When you print money, it devalues money. It's always happened, it always will happen. And when interest rates are at 0.1% and inflation is probably running at about 5% at the moment, that means in simple terms, if you've got 100 grand and you leave it in a sitting in a bank account for the next 12 months, in 12 months time, that 100 grand will be worth 95 grand in terms of buying power. This is why there's so much money. There's never so much money out there right now that's been pumped into property because people are trying to get their money out of banks. Money has never been a problem. If you're looking, listening to the podcast and you're trying to get started in property, there's three things you need. You need money, you need knowledge, you need time. You can gain the knowledge, you can create the time, the money, other people have got the money. There's money everywhere. There's more money than there's ever been. More money on this planet than there's ever been. And they'll always be printing money. And the more money that's printed, right, the more the prices will increase. The more not just house prices, it's not investors that are pushing house prices up, it's inflation. Investors didn't put up the price of petrol, the price of milk, bread, butter. It's all going up because of the printing of money. And it'll continue to happen. It's the new world. We've got to get used to these price increases. Could it slow down? Could the government increasing interest rates slow it down? Unlikely. Why? Well, if the government increase interest rates, that's a UK-based problem. But... The, the problem is across the globe and the government's interest rates, no matter what we think, UK government, they're linked to euro still, they're linked to the US dollar. It's all linked together and an increase in interest rates in one area would have a knock on effect to other areas across the globe. So interest rates will, will always typically track each other when the dollar is low, the pound is low in terms of interest rates and vice versa. So interest rates increasing could slow growth, but it's it's unlikely. What we've we've hit a perfect storm in a way. Now I'm not an economist, right? This is just my opinions. But we've hit the perfect storm of Brexit. So you've got extra costs for bringing goods into the UK. We didn't realise when you vote for Brexit uh, the massive effect in terms of um, passports, travel, uh, flights, taxes, the cost of bringing goods into the country, the cost cost of getting goods out of the country. Everything goes up. So that's one big push on. Two is obviously COVID. So it's shortened the supply of goods because with a lot of companies not working, a lot of people on furlough across the globe, then products weren't being produced. And then also the printing of money. So when you've got Brexit, COVID and the printing of money, it's the perfect storm for price increases. Will it slow down soon? Not so sure. Will it slow down eventually? Absolutely. But it will. Will it ever come back to the levels pre-COVID, pre-Brexit? Very, very, very unlikely. Once prices go up, once you print the money, that money is in circulation, that devalues the money. So if you're not earning enough money, if you're trying to save your way to success, here's the reality. You'll never save your way to success. The only way you can grow, the only way you can get ahead is if you are investing your way to success. And it doesn't have to be your money. It can be other people's money. Many people are waiting to start property. Don't wait to get started in property. Get into property and then wait. Because over time, property will protect you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're, if you're in a job where you're trying to save money, but every time you get a pay rise or a bonus, you're still no further ahead. 
It's very simple reason why that is. Very simple. It's because of inflation. It's because no matter how much you save, inflation is devaluing that money and you're for falling, falling further behind. If you stand still, you actually get run over. If you're walking at a saving pace, you get run over. Do the maths, do the calculation on what you earn in your job. What's your take home pay? Multiply it today by 12 months, your monthly take home pay by 12 months, and then multiply it by 40 years. And for most people listening to this podcast, that number in 40 years will not even equal a million pounds. Why? Because it's a job just over broke. You have got to do something different to get something different. Property investing can create your wealth. But if you listen to the podcast week in, week out, and you're still not taking action, if you're waiting for something to change, then get into the Progressive Property community. Get started. Reach out to me and let's get you moving on your property journey. Because while you're waiting for something to change, the thing that's happening is you're falling further behind. So I want to leave you, though, on a more positive note. So I actually did a post in the community recently myself saying, what's the weirdest or funniest thing you've seen in a viewing when buying a house? So Tula Knight said, a loft full of motorbike tires. That's not that weird, but it is a little bit weird. Rob Shields says, commode in the kitchen. Darren Burrow says, a stuffed cat, stuffed birds, mannequin heads, life, life-sized Indiana Jones mannequin. I hope they're all in the same house, or although I'm not sure if I do. My wife has actually come in and posted on this one saying, watching my husband negotiate. Um, that's not even funny. <laughs> okay, maybe it is. The weirdest thing she's ever seen is watching her husband negotiate. Helen Roberts Lodge says a vibrator sticking out top of a wardrobe. And then Jan Phillips actually posts a picture of um, some sex toys. I, am I allowed to say that on a podcast? You got to go to the Progressive Public Community to see some of these comments. Luke Brindley says once came across this gun lying on a bed during a viewing. And he literally has. There is a picture of a gun on a bed. David Atkins says, walking around the property, I came across another progressive VIP viewing at the same time. Progressive VIP, so progressive run a VIP mentorship program. And David Atkins actually bumped into one of the other VIP members in the viewing. That is amazing. Will Baxendale says a slide. I hope you don't mean a kid slide. So he actually has a slide, like a stairs. Will a slide in the house. Louis Stewart says a sex swing. Andrew Newman says a bed in the bathroom. Are you sure it wasn't a bath in the bedroom? A bed in the bathroom? Oh my God. There is hundreds of comments. Dolls, hundreds of dolls of all types, says Teresa Neville. <laughs> Neil Eiston, life-sized cardboard cutout of John Wayne. We bought the house. And Tanya Shepherd says, well, why would you not? John Wayne, life-sized cutout. I hope you kept him. So hundreds of comments of some weird stuff people have seen in property viewings. What's the weirdest thing you've seen? Head over to the Progressive Property Community, find my post, and then comment below it. Let me know what the weirdest thing you've, you've ever seen on a property viewing is. I hope you found that useful. Remember, you're listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. We're out on iTunes and Stitcher every single week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Also, make sure that you subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel. We've got new videos on YouTube every single week on all things property. And also go over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. There's over 36,000 people now, active property investors in the Progressive Property Facebook community. So make sure you head over to Facebook, search Progressive Property Community, click the join button and tag me in on a post in there. Let me know what you think of the podcast 
I'd love to hear from you and maybe we can meet up at some point at a future progressive event. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonnell. You've been amazing.